Hi, I'm Ash London and welcome to Sunny Side Up, your morning hit of positivity and encouragement among the chaos of the C word. Think of this as an antidote to the bad news we've all been reading, all in the time it takes to cook your morning egg. So join me for the next couple of minutes as we look at life sunny side up. Today I'm chatting with Sal. Sal was diagnosed with breast cancer in July of last year and started treatment straight away. In the midst of COVID-19 this March, she went in for a second surgery uh, and she has a pretty incredible perspective on it all. We'll pick up my conversation with Sal as she tells me about her family and the impact of the diagnosis. I'm mum of one, four and a half year old Angus, and our stepmom to Willow, who's six, my partner Paul. They're both very cute children. <laughs> Gorgeous. <laughs> Trouble, but cute, yes. So it's it's a crappy, I mean, crappy, I don't want to swear, but obviously crappy doesn't begin to describe how that must have felt. I mean, where does your brain go? Do you go worst case scenario straight away, or were you able oh, to kind instantly. of. Oh, instantly. Yeah. Instantly. And then, um, and I went worst case scenario straight away before even having any idea of what the prognosis was. Mm. Um, Whether or not that's a good thing or not, I I remember lying on the biopsy table as I've got three nurses that are kind of, you know, prodding me about and poking me in needles and things going left, right and centre. And I just went straight to that worst case scenario thinking, right, I've got months to live. What do I do? What what do I get done first? What are my priorities? Mm. What have I got to sort out? How can I ensure that Angus is well taken care of? And um, I just kept thinking, oh my god, I'm going to have to tell people I'm going to die. Like it was. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a bit of a control freak, so probably because I went to that worst case scenario. Ever since then, things have I've been able to kind of walk back from that purposes of death. Like yeah. just thinking that I've just been walking backwards and that bad news ever since thinking no, it is nowhere near that bad. It's fine. And so because of that, I've just felt so grateful and lucky um, that it hasn't been anywhere near as what I thought it was going to be in those so, first moments. So what has it been like? When did the treatment start and, and, and what was that process? I had a mastectomy within a month of finding out. Wow. My, yeah, that is I had, huge. <laughs> it's pretty quick, I guess, yeah. Um, the size of the tumour, which they thought was two two different tumours, it actually ended up being one tumour of Whoa. seven centimetres. So because it was so big, there was no point in doing a lumpectomy. Sal had a single mastectomy and then in March of this year had a second bilateral mastectomy on her other breast as well as a full reconstructive surgery on both. COVID-19 had since hit Australia, which meant things were a little different the second time she went to hospital. The hospital, it was a private hospital, so um, it was just dead quiet. There was nobody around. The admissions area was, you know, virtually empty. I had to get there at 6am anyway. Um, And my previous mastectomy, Paul was able to stay with me right up until I was almost going into theatre. This time around, I had to say goodbye to him in reception, um, which was pretty awful. And then, you know, we'd had, I didn't know that. And we had, you know, kind of two minutes and it was like, oh, crap. Okay. It's awful for both of you too. It's not just you. It's it's him as well that, you know, I can't, I know that my husband would be absolutely beside himself as would I and to have yeah. to say that goodbye and be not prepared how did that feel oh it was dreadful and it hit me all of a sudden yeah. just I I I was you know I'm bursting into tears in front of this poor little old nurse <laughs> like don't worry darling we'll look after you and um she ended up being really wonderful this lovely nurse called Donna who was just making me laugh by the time I was kind of getting changed and getting ready for everything but 
um, even being wheeled into theatre, you know, it was such a different vibe. You know, there's signs mm. everywhere. Everybody's keeping the social distancing up and there's um, very few people around. Being wheeled into theatre, I was kind of listening to the nurses talking and they were chatting away about, you know, how, you know, what's happening next door or that's only half an hour and what's on the other side or that one's only an hour over there, you know, but this one's the long one. And I said do you mean my surgery is the long one today? And she goes, oh, yeah, go. your surgery is the long one. We're so happy to have you. And I suddenly went, oh, I, oh, sorry, I don't know what you mean. She goes, well, you know, it's a 10-hour surgery. We've got a whole day's worth of work for you and there's actually going to be 10 people in there and so we're all here. We're just so happy to have the work. And I kind of went, oh, of course. Like I hadn't even thought that these nurses who, um, you know, their their work is based on surgeries, on elective mm. surgeries. And if there's no elective surgeries, they weren't necessarily going to be working. And they were so grateful to have a 10-hour shift with with oh me in the theatre. What a crazy I, thought. <laughs> was, oh. I was like, oh, okay, cool. Whatever well, I can I'm, do for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And they were all just so lovely um, yeah. being. And then I, so I kind of I woke up in ICU and, you know, you're on morphine. It's a really heavy painkillers and a bit kind of out of it for the first 24 hours. Um but the nurses in ICU were just also so wonderful. I mean, their their job is so hands-on and even in this environment where they're still having to, you know, uh, move me about, move my arms, you know, clean me up, help me with food. Um, you know, there's uh, helping with those bags and change dressings and check all of that. They were just all still so compassionate and mm. so lovely. And there was this beautiful young English nurse who said, oh, you know, you're English, you know, you didn't go home. And she said, oh, look, I thought about I thought about going home to England, but I just knew that um, you would need me here in Australia, you know, just as much as you needed me and they need me in England. Mm. And I just thought, oh, my God, the first thought of this, you know, young, beautiful yeah. nurse is just that to help be there and to help others. And, and nurses are something else. Amazing. Yeah. They, and I got to see them, you know, they were um, sitting up in bed and I'm eating kind of, you know, the hospital food, which is obviously fine and stuff and you just eat. And, mm. But I was, you know, looking out over my bed and in front of me I'm watching these nurses go through these training exercises and upskilling and learning about different aspiration methods and learning about um, different, um, I guess, handling methods for the, yeah. for the, the PPE wear and how to take what order you take things off. And it was... Um, I guess it was just really moving. They, you know, they just seemed so... Um, I guess ready and what's funny is that to me that they seemed prepared um, and and ready for yeah. this big thing that was just they, they that they know or that they felt was coming. Like just part of their job that they had signed up to this, that they had put themselves here in this position. They knew they're in harm's way, that, that they were ready for it. They were going to be ready. But that's how they really came across to me, that somebody that was kind of there as a patient lying in that bed, pretty helpless witnessing that. Um, and it was amazingly comforting, actually. Mm. Um, and again, it made me feel really lucky that my sur- I was able to slip in with, you know, and get my surgery done and then, you know, kind of come out on the other side um, and have these really wonderful people look after me. Sal's recovering well at home with Paul and the kids, albeit with a lot less visitors than she would have otherwise had. I spoke with Sal for nearly half an hour and I was amazed just how often she used the word lucky. Lucky the cancer hadn't spread. Lucky she found it. Lucky she was able to have her surgery. Lucky she got to witness the incredible nurses preparing themselves for the unknown. 
If Sal can call herself lucky, I reckon we all can. We're all lucky to have heard her story today. I'll put our full chat up in the coming days for those who want to hear more. Go well, Sal. Grace and peace. We'll catch you tomorrow.